the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. to another edition of Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone is with me on this Wednesday. It is draft eve. The NFL draft getting underway tomorrow virtually. It's not anywhere. It's not in Vegas. It's not in Chicago. It's not in Nashville. It is virtual. Can't wait for that. A lot of good stuff coming up today with Dion and Made. Going to talk to him about Jim Knowles, also the defensive coordinators. He played under some of his philosophies on that side of the ball. So we're going to get into all that. I want to remind everyone to go find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. And, uh, Hit me up. Let me know what you think about everything Oklahoma State has done this offseason. Football, basketball, obviously. A lot of talk about Mike Boynton in the incoming squad for next year. College football, there are some rumors that it could potentially be pushed to the spring. We'll get Dion's thoughts on that as well. So uh, hit me up on Twitter and head over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out everything the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer. A lot of NFL stuff as we get ready for tomorrow's draft. So check that out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. All right. Now, without any further ado, it's time to welcome into the show Dion Imade. Dion, what's going on? Much, my man Colby. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Just uh, another day in quarantine, living the dream, living the dream. So, um, <laughs> anyway, there's there's a lot I want to get into today, and I kind of let everybody know what we're going to get into. I, I want to talk about your playing days at Oklahoma State. Uh, how many different defensive coordinators did you play under while you were at OSU? Uh, only two. It was uh, Coach Bill Young, who recently retired from the University of Tulsa. Got a, got to do a, a cool little piece about him on Channel Channel Two over here, and then uh, and then uh, I bet that was pretty cool getting to go back with. and do that about your old coach. Yeah, it was a blast. I got to talk to him a, a, a little bit while doing media down here. So it was always cool catching up with Coach Young. He was a, a really he was like he was like that your grandpa that always has the, the coolest things and always randomly has funny remarks. He he was a he was a hoot back in, back in my day. Yeah, and, and for reference for everybody, all the listeners, he was the coordinator on the twenty eleven squad. That was that was Bill Young's yeah. team. So all those turnovers, that was Bill yeah. Young. Definitely, definitely. And then uh uh, his predecessor, who was uh, the linebacker coach after him, was uh, Coach Spencer. So, so he he went from the linebacker coach to the defensive coordinator, also coaching the linebackers my junior and senior year. So, playing for two different defensive coordinators, how different were their philosophies? Were they very different at all? Did you change the scheme up much? I'm I'm just I'm fascinated by defensive coordinators and you know which guys like to run a three four, which guys like to run a four three. Who likes to blitz? Who likes to play conservatively? Um, you know who likes to bring the corners and the safeties uh, after the quarterback? Things of that nature. So, how different were the philosophies from Bill Young to Glenn Spencer? Man, there wasn't a big change and difference because Coach Spencer was already on the staff and he had already had a lot of his imprint on the defense from from the uh, from my sophomore year going on. The thing about it was the fact that with, I mean, with every coach and offense or defense and even special teams, it's all about their personality. You've heard that a lot of times before the the team kind of takes on the personality of the coach. And so with Coach Spencer, he was just a little bit more in your face, a little bit more aggressive than Coach Bill Young was. And a lot of that had to do with the, the football changing and them having to adapt. So 
playing more man-to-man, putting more defensive backs on the field with the whole spread coming coming into the league and, and being able to be versatile in that aspect was was very vital for Coach Spencer when he took over the reins. And being a guy who, you know, he coached linebackers, so he wanted his linebackers to, to be aggressive. And because of that, we, we blitzed. A, a little bit more, and there are a lot more packages on the field. It also has to do with, I mean, your, you know, the talent that you're given. That's the one of the things that I like about our current co- uh, defensive coordinator right now is he he kind of uses the talent that he's given. When Coach Spencer was running the show, I mean, we've always had good linebackers. I mean, you've got to remember Ori Lemon and and Lane and and, and and all kinds of guys. But when when Coach Spencer was running the show, when he had. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Lewis, who is an athlete, a dynamic player, and a guy who could do it all on the football field. And then he had Caleb Lady, a guy who was just smart, just incredibly smart, and could do it all. And then Alex Elkins, an athlete like I've seen, haven't seen before, and just so many other linebackers. I mean, Ryan Simmons. I mean, a guy from San Antonio, Texas, who just had was a prototypical linebacker, as, as well as Sean could also do it all play the middle, play the outside. And so because of that, Coach Spencer had so many tools to use in that tool belt. He, he tried to he tried to utilize it very well. Yeah, and Ryan Simmons is back on staff now in Stillwater. So he's up there now with Jim Knowles, uh, and he was a great player at Oklahoma State. Why don't we take a quick break, come back, and talk about Jim Knowles on the other side. Deion Amade is with me here on Locked on Pokes. want to remind everybody to go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater, 617 East Redbud Drive. Uh, it is Wednesday, usually on Wednesday days they do patient days uh, obviously everything has been affected by this whole COVID thing so give them a call uh, see what they're doing to take care of patients and to get people new cards in the state of Oklahoma 617 East Redbud Drive you can also find all their information online at livesgf.com head that way and tell them Locked on Pokes sent you all right more coming up next with Dion Amade here on Locked on Pokes part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell, Dion, and Made with you. Dion joins us every single Wednesday to talk a little Oklahoma State football. And today we're talking defense. That is what uh, Dion knows best. He played defense at Oklahoma State from 2010 to 13. Is that right? Okay, 2010 to 13, Dion was there. So uh, now Dion has spent a good amount of time covering the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, does a lot of things with uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboy Network. Works pregame stuff with Hunziker and those guys, and then does the postgame show uh, as well for Oklahoma State on the the Cowboy Radio Network there with Learfield. So uh, I'm curious, Dion, Jim Knowles, from his first season to now. My opinion of Jim Knowles has changed. I, I think he's evolved a little bit um, as he's learned more about Oklahoma State and, and more about the Big 12. What, what did you think of Jim Knowles originally and, and the production that he was getting in his first season, and what do you think of Jim Knowles now? Well, I mean, when Jim Knowles first came into the into the fold, I was a little concerned as far as just his recent resume being from Duke and playing in the ACC, I was a little concerned about how he was going to be able to handle the Big 12 style of play and the offenses that we have to go against. 
in this conference, it was, I was concerned. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But the things that he showed me throughout the evolution of him and his in defense, and when kind of Coach Gundy talked to him and says, "Hey, this is the new style of defense. I want I want to run that four two five, put more defensive backs on the field, less linebackers, and get after the pass, uh, get out and get a pass rush and get after the quarterback." And with the I, we all knew. Coming in, Coach Knowles was, was a smart guy. I mean, undergrad, I think he graduated from Cornell and, 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 and I believe school. And so we all knew he was smart, but we didn't know how smart he was. And then I didn't know that he was going to be one of those coaches that, you know, like I talked before, he doesn't, you know, define his system. Like, I run my system. This is what I do. This is what it works for me. And this is what we're going to run. No, he finds the athletes and the best players on his defense, and he finds ways to get them on the field. And he finds ways to utilize their ability. And I love seeing that. I mean, a defining uh, situation kind of that you could see that was this year when he had four linebackers on the field. I just told you we went into a defense where Coach Gundy wanted to run where it was a 4 2 five. And when that came into play, when he had he got two linebackers off of injury, he put two linebackers early in the season, Malcolm Rodriguez Amen, the both those guys pressed into situations off of injury, turned out to be stars, and then he he then he still plugged in the two injured guys that came in and were healthy and ready to play and found a way to get them on the field. At one point we had four linebackers on the field and and still had our DBs and he was finding ways to get everybody out on the field. Not not only do I like that because of the fact that the more athletes, the better, but also when you can trust your players and get a nice rotation going then you're fresher in the fourth quarter. And I really like to see that. He, he trusts his players. He was able to get all those guys into the game. Yeah, and, and one thing I really liked about Jim Knowles, I thought it was kind of a defining moment for him last year, was the West Virginia game. Right there at the end, West Virginia yep. drives down the field, and, and it comes down to one play. It's fourth down. They score. They're going to tie this game up. They could go for two and win the game. They don't score. Oklahoma State's going to win the game. And, and Jim Knowles dials up the perfect blitz at the perfect moment and and it takes some guts to make that call because if you get burned like like for example um and and this is just the first thing that pops into my head I hate this play I hate the New York Giants but in the 2008 Super Bowl following the 2007 season when the Patriots were 18 and 0 New England dialed up a zero blitz down at the goal line and it didn't work they got burnt touchdown Plaxico Burris New York Giants win the Super Bowl so he, 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 Jim Knowles dials up that blitz, times it perfectly. West Virginia was not ready for it. They did not have enough blockers in the scheme. And I can't remember who it was, but a free rusher gets to the quarterback, throws it out of the back of the end zone over the receiver's heads as he's under duress, and the game's over. I, I thought that that showed a lot of confidence in his defense to be willing to dial up that blitz at that moment. And it was a very heavy play because he knew what he was going against. This was a quarterback in a high-pressured situation, a, a guy who doesn't have a bunch of playing experience. And he says, you know what? Let's, let's dial it up and see if you can handle it. And <laughs> the, the, the gamble worked. 
Yeah, absolutely it did. So, uh, Jim Knowles doing a good job with Oklahoma State this year, Dion. He's got almost everybody coming back. He loses A.J. Green uh, to the NFL. Right. That's it. That's the only one of the starters who is not back. You're getting Calvin, Calvin Bundage back in. You're getting Colin Clay, the transfer over from Arkansas. You're getting Christian Holmes, the transfer in from Missouri. Now, you, you talk about him doing what he can with his personnel and trying to get as much talent on the field as possible. I, I know a guy like Jarrett Bernard was getting some work at corner in the spring before they started to shut it down. He spent most of his time at safety last year. Um, you know, Trey Sterling back there at safety as well. Um, so so what, what do you see this year from Jim Knowles? More comfortability, more success, uh, more turnovers. It's one of those things where it feels like, uh, assuming we're able to play college football, this is the year that all the pieces should fit together uh, perfectly. Yeah, I see a very advanced, complicated defense being brought to the table this year. And when I say that, I mean, like, you're going to see different coverages that it's going to be hard to pinpoint what we're actually doing. You're going to see a lot of disguises. You're going to see, you know, aggressive defensive play because we have the depth to do it and we have the experience to execute it. And with that being said, I'm expecting a lot from this defense this year. 10 of 11 starters coming back. That's a big, big number, a big, big number. And, and we got to, you know, take advantage of that. Absolutely, no doubt. Dion, uh, stick with me for one more segment. I want to ask you uh, about the, the theory, uh, the idea of college football being played in the spring, what that would look like and how weird that would be for the players. It, it would be completely turning everything upside down. So we're going to talk about that next. Stay with us here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell, Dion Amade joining me as he does every single Wednesday. Reminder, go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater, 617 East Redbud Drive. Find them online at livesgf.com. Seek them out on Facebook and Instagram as well. Search for Simply Green Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. They're going to do everything they can to take care of you during these uncertain times. Head on over to Simply Green Pharmacy and tell them that Locked On Pokes sent you. All right, Dion, there have been rumors, some pretty strong rumors that seem like they might have some backbone. I, I don't have sources. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I expect we'll know something in the coming weeks. But there are some rumors that college football will be pushed from fall of 2020 to spring of 2021. So, you, you know, there have been no exact dates floated, but just for point of reference, you know, the college football season lasts three months. It's usually September 1st to the end of November. So we, we might even be in a situation where non-conference games don't get played. Maybe they do get played. Maybe we go February 1st to the end of April. Maybe it's mid-February to mid-April. I don't know exactly what the dates would be, but how weird would that be for all of us to see that? But But even more so, you played college football. You you had a routine. You had an off season, and then camp, and then football, and then an off season, and then camp, and then football. How weird would it be for all these guys to go about fourteen months in between football games and, and then dive back in? Especially if there's no non-con and you're diving right into conference play. How, how weird would that be? That would be very very unusual, Kobe. And and I the first concern of mine is not this season but how does that change things for seasons to come because then that next year you're hopping onto a short 
rest period where the guys are going, are they going back to fall or do they, you know, push the fall back one month or do they go back to the regular schedule? I mean, that creates a lot of confusion for the years to come. And then with this season, I mean, that's a lot of rest for those players in between. And then you have to think about what, how, how do things, you know, unveil for the guys that are seniors or eligible for the draft? I mean, what, what kind of, you know, how does that hurt their stock and their situation and their futures? Do we have guys sit out this season because they say, hey, it's too close to the draft. I want to, you know, become a professional and play in the league. And, and that's know, a big and, question and, and for Aaron, Oklahoma State, Dion. Big question. There, there, big, there are two very big, big names. Question. There are two very big names who play offense at Oklahoma State who would have decisions to make. Exactly. So, so with that being said, I mean, this is – I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer, but this is a, a very big year for Oklahoma State football-wise. I mean, we've got an opportunity to make some real noise, not just in the conference, but in the nation. And if this year is a, is a, a situation where it's played in unusual circumstances, it could shake up a lot of things for us. I mean, we're in one of those rare situations, one of those rare, you know, five-year situations where you have a really good team on your hands here and you want to take full advantage of it. And with this unusual thing going on right now and this unusual circumstance, we could be uh, in, a, in a very uh, desperate place to miss out on an opportunity to have a big winner on uh, on our on our side. Yeah, I, I know it would be weird um, for it to come around in spring. I, I would love to get it played in the fall. I just don't know how realistic that is with everything happening right now. I, I just don't know. Uh, I mean, do we really feel conf- confident that in what? Let's see, May, June, July, August. Do we think that in four months, four and a half months, we're going to be able to pack sixty thousand people in a stadium like sardines? I, I just don't know that that's realistic. And if you wait till the spring, maybe you have fans, maybe you don't. But my next question to you would be, can you imagine playing a college football game? Can you imagine playing Bedlam with no fans? There's just nobody in the stadium and you're just out there playing football? That'd be so weird because I've done it before. I mean, we've had practices in, you know, Boone Pickens Stadium with nobody there. I mean, you've done it before, but playing a full-out game with nobody that would be so strange. It would feel like a private scrimmage. Because think about it, like practices, you, you have your, your normal breaks and stuff, but you're just kind of going and it's just a practice. If you're playing a game and there's no fans in the stadium, it's going to feel kind of like a scrimmage, I would imagine, but you're going to have all these TV timeouts. You're going to have constant TV timeouts yeah. with nobody in the stadium and what feels like a scrimmage, that, that would be so, so weird. And, and then are they letting media in? Are, are there still media there covering the game? Are they not allowing them in the press box? The media have to sit out in the stadium, you know, 100 feet away from each other in the stands? I don't know. I don't know. These times are unprecedented. It's weird. I I don't know what to do. Um, I just hope that they get it played. Whether it's fall or spring, I hope they get it played. Because like you said, it could be a special year for OSU, and, and I would hate to lose it. I really would. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made coming up into this moment and, and into this time into the season and I'm just glad I'm not the one that has to make them. I'm just hoping everything works out okay no for, for everybody involved. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to make them either. There's not a not a whole lot of uh, winners whenever it comes to who has to make these decisions. Uh Dion, you a draft guy? You a, you a big draft guy? You sit down tomorrow, watch all 32 picks, have a couple drinks. How do you do the draft? 
I'm like when I got into radio, I turned into a really big draft guy just because of my co-host Jeremy Poplin was yep. a big draft guy. But this year, man, I'm just not feeling it. I just uh. like there was so much things going on. There's so much things going on that it just kind of creeped up on me. And wait, I was like, wait, 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 the NFL still joining the draft? Though I guess they're still joining the draft. But it's I am very like the last couple of you know days I have you know gotten into it as far as you know <laughs> what kind of weird, weird and crazy things are going to unveil with everybody you know you know doing a virtual draft and you know being on live chat and Robert Roger Roger Goodell being in his own basement doing <laughs> doing the draft. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to tune in just to see what uh, you know, what kind of craziness happens. There's, there's a lot of chatter about people being afraid that people are going to hack in to the draft. So it's interesting. Yeah, if anybody's going to hack into the draft, it's going to be Bill Belichick. Uh, he's going to hack into somebody else's network. But what, what I'm really curious about is, you know, some of these GMs aren't the youngest people in the world. And they're right. not prob- they're probably not going to have IT people standing by because IT people, a lot of them aren't allowed to go in houses right now, stuff like that. So what happens if the internet crashes and all of a sudden you've got a 71-year-old general manager and he doesn't know how to get Zoom turned back on? That's, that's where the hilarity is going to ensue is if one of these guys, if they have to delay a pick so that the GM of, I don't even know, the Lions can get his computer turned back on. I man, I've got this theory that what's going to happen is a bunch of guys are going to have like a bunch of phone numbers, and if something goes down, I think there's going to be some trading going on where it's like, all right, give me something, give me something for this next pick, so you can pick ahead of me, so I can just get my wi- my Wi Fi up and going. I think they handle so it good. like I, I, you got to think the NFL has some backup plans. I, and you got to think the teams have backup plans. And just like if this if this goes wrong, this is what we need to do. And I'm telling you right now, I bet you there's more preparation going on right now than any average year for an individual team because they have to have things mapped out in so far in advance. Like, and, and this is option one, two, three, four, and five. If something goes down, we can trade one, two, three, you know, just you got to have your, 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 you got to cross your, your T's and dot your I's on everything this year. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting too, and I saw this the other day, I'm really curious to see what the production of this draft looks like on, on ESPN, on NFL yeah. Network, because usually, I mean, they've got their camera set up and they've got a camera facing the stage and they have a camera off to the side for interviews and they have the guys on the set. And this year, the production is going to consist of the hosts at their houses on their computers, on Zoom, basically. And then they're going to have to be shifting around from, you know, war room to war room with, with all these different Zoom meetings going on. And they're going to have to have all the highlights and everything queued up. The The production is going to be so much more difficult for the, the directors and stuff at ESPN and NFL Network than it's ever been. So I'm, uh, I know I'm a little bit of a, a media nerd and a TV production nerd, but I think that that part's going to be cool to watch is how ESPN and NFL Network presents it to us. Yeah, that is going to be very interesting. I can't imagine what, like, it's going to be, I just thought about that. It's going to be just like everybody from home getting, and we're going to have, like, cameras flashing here, there, there. Man, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be different for sure. It's going to be a blast. Dion, enjoy it. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk next week about where uh, A.J. Green's going to be playing his NFL football. Can't wait.
All right, sounds like a plan. That was Deanna Amade joins us every Wednesday here on Locked on Pokes. Thank you, everyone, for joining me Friday. Jack Klein will join me to talk about the first round of the NFL draft and look ahead to where A.J. Green might wind up. So make sure you're back with us on Friday. Thanks for listening. Head over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out everything the network has to offer as we barrel toward the NFL draft. Thanks for listening once again to Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>